a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. And now it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Jake and Ben. Jake is predatory. 97.5. It's criminal. 1280. (laughs) How are you, Ben? I'm doing great. What's up? I'm incredible. Really? Oh, I've got a half belly full of coffee. I could taste the air when I came in, which you and I said is a good sign you don't have coronavirus. As long as you can taste Utah's air when you're walking in, it's kind of a foolproof system. Right. If you can just taste what is it? Exhaust, smoke, general inversion and pollution. You don't need an at-home test. You don't need an at-home test. Just take a whiff of the air. If you can taste it in Salt Lake City, you know you don't got it. (laughs) You know, I know the uh, the government is making available all these at-home tests. Don't need it. Just 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 go go outside outside. during the inversion. Suck in that beautiful Utah air. Cough it up. Baby, you know if you have it or not. Uh, I have not checked the weather recently. Do we have any storms? Friday we're coming in. It's going to wash this stuff out of the air. I need it to snow again. Yeah, that's what's coming in. So a little snow on Friday. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's always depressing during the middle of winter to look at your dead lawn. I could, yeah. I'd rather just... <laughs> Correct. You just know, give me snow. Give me a blanket of snow out Correct. there. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm with you. So hopefully, and then uh, all the uh, dudes can go shred over the weekend. This is this is kind of a funny uh, habit with my daughter. It tells you a lot about her. She's She's a rule follower. Uh, but she likes eating snow, but she'll ask if it's dirty. Like, she'll ask if it's okay to eat snow. I was, uh, I took her shopping at the old outlets uh-huh. up at uh, Kimball Junction. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking yep. about? So a little more snow up there than down here, but still. She asked me, she says, is is this snow dirty? And I didn't even look at it. I just said, yeah. Yeah. Because it's been down it there for- It snowed yeah. <laughs> in a couple of weeks. You don't want that snow. I didn't, didn't even look at it. Yep. Nope. Nope, not, not eating it. Not now the the fresh stuff. Sure, knock yourself out. Have yeah. at it, but uh, not doing so. Friday, that's the seventy percent. I saw today seventy percent. Well, then those government tests are going to come in handy because our yeah. hopefully our, our there won't be any air to taste. Too, right, 
for at least for you know ten minutes until air it, air everywhere until it rolls in again. Not a drop to taste. Uh, well, we'll talk basketball as we often do uh, on this show today, Ben. It is game uh, day, game night, game day here on the station. The Rockets. I think you know. Part of my job doing pre-half and post, Ben, uh, ben and absolutely you're in the same boat here, uh, right in uh, at KSLSports.com. You have to make find something interesting about the opponent, not just the Jazz. Sure. I mean, really for your own sanity, if nothing else, you know, find something to watch for, find something interesting, you know, because uh, you're not just sitting at home where you can just click it off. You know, you got what? What am I? And and Houston, I've got to admit is maybe the most challenging team to find something interesting about. I, I would get it if you're a Houston fan, why they're kind of fun to watch, because this is what the next generation is going to be, and you're wondering who of these guys, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, like who your dudes are that are going to become the face of the franchise, who's your next T-Mac, who's your next James Harden, etc. Who's going to be the next guy for you? That's fun. I actually like... Uh, following rebuilding teams. I don't mind following bad young basketball teams. It's hard to follow them for one night. That's true. It's fun if you watch them for 82 games. There's great narratives, there's storylines, there's development. It's really hard to pick them out one night and say, yeah, that's an interesting team. So maybe this is me being too down on the Rockets, but I like rebuilding teams too, except for do they have a guy? I've always kind of liked Christian Wood, but I don't. Then they need to trade him. He should have turned the corner. Yeah, I agree with that. So I don't I don't know maybe it's Kevin Porter Jr. Do they do they have a dude? It's probably got to be Jalen Green, who's their rookie and was what the number two overall pick right. and has fifteen points a game and three rebounds and two assists. But I'm guilty of a Jake. If you just don't, it feels now when it's similar to quarterbacks in the NFL, which is probably unfortunate and unfair. If you just don't burst onto the scene anymore as a youngster in the NBA, it seems so unlikely to me that you're going to develop in your second or third season. And I know that's way too early to write guys off, but it really feels that way. Like Donovan Mitchell took 20 games. And then you recognize, okay, this kid's a special. Well, I, I guess that's, I feel a little bit differently about it. That's why I, I don't necessarily include Jalen Green all that much in this convo, because if you break out during your rookie year, congratulations, you're the unicorn. But most players... It takes a while. It takes a while. So I have no idea if Jalen uh, Green really is a guy. Right now, it's not looking terrific, but... And I, I well, should give him more credit than that, but I mean he's shooting thirty nine point seven percent from the field and thirty so percent from the three point line, right? So, and, and you but, know what? But that's exactly my point. Yeah, I mean sometimes they turn out to be Dante Exum, sometimes Correct. they get better every year and turn out to be Gordon Hayward. Realizing he was sure. the ninth pick, but you know what I mean? Gordon was was a skinny yes dude getting wet willies out there right. his rookie year, right? And I don't know if he ever turned into a dude. Like, if you're Houston, you're pretty bummed if Jalen Green turns into Gordon Hayward. But Donovan, immediate impact. Right player, right opportunity, right time. Now, somewhat ironically, two of the names I just mentioned, and some of it doesn't apply anymore, but guys who took a couple years before they were true superstars, T-Mac and and James Harden, you know, I mean, there was a reason why Oklahoma City was willing to let James Harden go to Houston or trade him to Houston. They did not know he was going to be the MVP in two or three seasons from then. The Warriors famously did not give Steph a max extension. Correct. Correct. How crazy is that? Right. So, I mean, he had ankle injuries, but still. Revolutionary player. Correct. Correct. What, multiple the money. time MVP, NBA champion. They're like, ah, I don't know. Come yeah. on. It's tough. It's really tough to be a team like Houston. And the sad part tonight is they can beat the Jazz. And that's not because the Jazz are bad. It's because Houston's okay. 
Like they're not a great young team, but they are because they're young. They have guys who can pop up and and have nice games. And you know they beat Washington on the road last week. They beat San Antonio on the road earlier this week. They just beat Sacramento on the road. Like that's a team we can go out and they can score. 120 points a night. They're not a great team, but they can score the ball a little bit. And if you can do that, and the Jazz have an off shooting night, and they don't have Donovan Mitchell tonight because Donovan Mitchell's in the concussion protocol, all of a sudden you're scrambling. I mean, you don't have Hassan Whiteside either, so you're still missing two of your top nine guys. I think you're missing guys that are easier to build around or, or adapt around uh, as opposed to if it was Rudy Gobert right now because the Jazz can throw Mike Conley into this situation or Jordan Clarkson or Joe Ingles or whoever and have success replacing Donovan Mitchell at least somewhat on a one-off game and they should probably be okay but this is certainly not a game though I would write off as an automatic Jazz victory in fact as we've seen anything over the last couple of weeks there's just no such thing as an automatic victory they should win they should win they, they should, should beat win. Detroit too yeah, different circumstance I mean, Detroit coming up on Friday night. They should win both of oh, these games. Oh, I thought you were talking about, oh, yeah, the they should have won they that one too. <laughs> no, they should beat Houston tonight, and they should beat uh, Detroit coming up on Friday, and they they need to play with some desperation. I think that's what I'm going to be looking for tonight, and that's unfortunate again because it's just hard to like count anything when you don't have your guys, when you don't have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. It's hard to say, even if you get a win, that you're making progress to, to riding this ship, but... You've got to play with a ton of desperation tonight. Those guys need to be flying around the court. They need to show that they can dismantle a team, get another team to quit. Because man, this is a this has just been a rough stretch for the Jazz. They need uh, they need some things to break their way, and they got to make their own luck right now. You uh, you hearing anything about the the Mitchell situation? You just uh, went home, maybe had some symptoms, maybe some Disney dizziness or something. So I, I hate to do this because. You know, I, I it's like we were talking about before the show, Jake. We were talking about, you know, if, if you've been around somebody who has coronavirus or COVID, you start looking for your own symptoms and you cough once or you sneeze once or it's a little chilly and you think you have the chills. Like you just become so hypersensitive and you look for things that are evidence of that. So yesterday I was cutting Donovan Mitchell sound uh, for some of the updates I do over at KSL. And like in the post game, he kept repeating himself. And he was like stuttering really bad, which is weird. Maybe he's just tired. They, you know, things were hard. Second night of a back to back. It was 11 o'clock in LA. They'd just been in Denver the night before. But honestly, I went back like he said words wrong. It was really weird. Like he was talking about uh, the Lakers players trying to grab the boards and he called them blocks, like grabbing blocks. Like he was saying the wrong words and then stuttering. Like I, I was wondering last night hearing it. I was like, did you, were you like actively like, having concussion symptoms where you like not that you didn't know where you were obviously he had a fantastic third sure. quarter right after he got hit in the head and then had a terrible fourth quarter like maybe those symptoms started to set up a little bit and then by the time the post game talked I mean it took him forever to get out if you remember it took him a really long time to come out and talk to the media it did. Uh, so I there, there could have seriously been some issues going on late in that game and then they fly home and he really wasn't feeling well you know what that's why <laughs> the, the concussion issue in sports is really complex, and part of the reason it's complex is because we should never rely upon the patient to diagnose themselves. Yes. And that's why it's tricky, right? Because the, And that's why for years the whole, how many fingers am I holding up? All right, go on back in, <laughs> was, you know. With with recent information, obviously uh, ludicrous, and it's why coaches should not be responsible for diagnosing that either, because most co- coaches are very self interested people and are fine with. Did he answer right on the fingers? Right, he did. All right, get him back That's in all there. The I need you know. So so it's 
It's complex. I bet you Donovan hit his head. He thought he was all right. Finished the game. I bet you somebody else picked up on what you picked up on, Ben, probably a little later and said, all right, we should we should probably have a look at it. And you know what? Um, love it that they have concussion protocols. You yeah. know? Yes. Take a step back. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not that important. The games no, are not that important. No, it's not that important. It's your brain, Donovan. Right. Yeah. That's why getting – that's why football – coaches sending players back out onto the field when they've obviously had concussions is kind of ludicrous because yeah. it's like coach I know you got a lot writing on the game but let's let's correct let's hold not him out. more than he has writing right. on his life let's, let's I promise error on the side of caution yeah. here and play the backup running back yeah so, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough one tonight without Donovan Mitchell. You hope he's fine. These concussions can go from a game. Like, technically, you have to be in for 24 hours. As soon as you put you in, you have to go a day uh, before they can pull you out of it. So if he's feeling better by tonight, technically, the Jazz could pull him out and he could be ready for Friday. But you remember uh, Hassan Whiteside got elbowed in the head against the Minnesota Timberwolves on New Year's Eve and missed three games. Right. Like, it can really last a long time, too, because... You have light sensitivity, you get headaches, you get dizzy. Like, and yeah. you don't want to put a player out there who's dizzy. You know what I mean? Or having any of those things. Or having symptoms. any of those yeah. things. Like, right. yeah, you don't need to force that back. So, uh, again, this, this very brutal stretch of January uh, is going to continue for the Jazz, and you hope you can get some wins. But even though you're getting wins potentially over the next couple of games, if you can, uh, if you can eke these out, you're still not quite at 100%. Okay, so uh, I've got a moral dilemma slash kind of question okay for you and uh, we can, Megan can participate in this as well and I will because I certainly okay. have, have uh, would tell you what I would do so Ben if you were Donovan Mitchell would you be rooting for your team tonight I think you have to be rooting for your team always and which I think would be his answer too but I'm asking you if you were Donovan Mitchell would you be rooting for your team tonight I think right now, with everything that's been going on, if I were to step back and assess this, because you and I even were talking about how to assign blame to people earlier today, and when it's okay and when it's not okay to assign blame to people, uh, I think right now you need to you need the team to play well from your own leadership perspective. And then you need to be tweeting through the game and showing support, including for Rudy Gobert, who threw you under the bus last week. Like, I think if you're Donovan Mitchell, what's best for your for your career individually right now is to show leadership. Okay. All right. Megan? I would root for my team, yes. Oh. So when you're sick, the next time you miss the show and we have a fill-in running the board, you're telling me you don't want the board to collapse. You don't want us off the air, sounds playing in the middle of it to make us look bad because it will make you look better at your job. And we'll say, man, do we miss Miracle Megan? Well, yes, that would See? that would help. That's but the would, Donovan Mitchell moral dilemma that you're going through right now. I would be listening. Yeah, for for mistakes. You're Rudy Gobert. You'd throw us under the bus. You'd throw him under the bus as soon as you came back. So, if I were Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> would I be rooting for my team tonight? Heck, no. <laughs> Absolutely. He's got a guaranteed contract. He's locked up for the next five years. Exactly my point. And one game against the Rockets does not really matter the way that uh, you're talking about. Uh, The Jazz season is not going to ride on a Wednesday night showdown against the Rockets. Filipino night. What are you talking about? And Rudy... Rudy, everybody's talking about how valuable Rudy is to the team because he misses a few games. And on top of that, Rudy comes strutting yep. back into the locker room and says, Man, you guys stink. <laughs> you Did guys, you see that last you week? You guys stink without me. And everybody's talking about how important and how great I am. If I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm like, 
all right, you're important to the team, which he did against Denver, sure. and he Correct. and he and he embraced it, and and I thought that that was really an an important thing. But now the the tide has turned. I'm the other pillar p- pillar of the franchise not playing. Donovan lost to Detroit. Yep, Detroit. If I'm Donovan, I'm thinking, man, without me, I hope they lose to the Rockets just to just so they can appreciate me a little bit more. I generally try to not do this. I don't try to be a potster, I promise. The Jazz, though, this season are three and one without Donovan Mitchell, and they're one and four without Rudy Gobert. Even more so reason that I'm reading against to him. To your point, if that was the perspective you were wanting to set purely as a pot stirring decision. Yes, you would probably, if you were Donovan Mitchell and wanting to be a pot stirrer, which I don't think he's as petty as you are, apparently, Jake, you would want the Jazz <laughs> to lose to highlight your value. Then again, if you're at the point in your career where you want your team to lose to highlight your value, even though you're on a max contract and you're a two-time All-Star and you're going to be an All-NBA player this year, that's a bad sign. That's a real red flag. <laughs> that's a red flag. I disagree. That's a sign of a competitor. That's an alpha alpha predator. Everybody wants the love, Ben. Everybody. And yeah, sure, you both are probably better people than me. No, there was not a question about that. We didn't need this moral compass here. I mean, I would like to think better of myself that that wouldn't be my opinion either. But to, to ignore that side of it. That's a that's a thing. Donovan wants to be to be talked about as being important. It's what drives Rudy Gobert's career. He just wants a little credit once in a while, you know. Okay, can I give you an actual good take? <laughs> wow, <laughs> not to disband yours, but let me actually link this up with some sense here. Let me apply some logic that is not selfishness to this. There could be an argument you could make that if you're a jazz fan. To show more cohesion, not that the team would throw the game at all, but to even things out in the locker room a little bit, it might be nice if the Jazz lose so everyone recognizes that Donovan Mitchell does actually have some importance on this basketball team. Because for some reason, and I've seen it on Twitter, and it exists more on Twitter, I promise you, than I think it does in this locker room. There is a belief that you have to be Team Rudy or Team Donovan, and it's so stupid, but there is a belief right now on Twitter that there are people saying, well, I've grown sick of Donovan Mitchell's attitude. Like, what are you talking about? What attitude? Like, yeah, he's not the kid he came in when he was a rookie. He's also not 21 years old anymore. He's also not broke anymore. He's also been around the world. He's met different people. He's a superstar now, and he wasn't when he came in. Like, of course he changed. He's a little bit different. He's also a very nice person. He's also a very nice guy. And you know who's also a very nice guy Rudy Gobert like you don't need to pick against the other person this tribalism that exists among jazz fans to say you have to be team Rudy or team Donovan is so stupid it's so dumb right now and I see it all over my timeline I have no idea why that's the case uh well I see people saying, I have an idea why it's I, the case. I see people saying jazz should have Rudy Gobert as their centerpiece and everyone else on the team is tradable. What are you talking well, well, about? It, Why? It, what's what's hilarious about that is it points out that Donovan is, has the furthest thing from attitude you really could. But people people have their feelings about somebody, and then what's what's the word I'm looking for? English major, where you uh, project. 
project yes, those yes. things onto people wh- whether they exist or not. And it's the weird phenomena of sports, and it's actually what makes it so valuable, is that people project these feelings upon a team and people and are, are uber into it because of these feelings. Like, why is NASCAR more famous or more popular than IndyCar? Because yes. you root for Jeff Gordon. You don't know who's driving IndyCar. You've Correct. got no idea. Correct. NASCAR marketed that, marketed to that feeling. Their personalities, yes. To that thing. You know nothing about Jeff Gordon? Correct. People, people Correct. out there, you, you just know that he can turn left and drive right. fast. You have no right. idea, but you project these things onto these people, and it makes you fans or it makes them villains. And listen, this is not a new phenomenon even in this market. There was always Team John and Team Carl. There was. You're right. There was always Team John and Team Carl. And Team John was way bigger. Yes, it if was memory way bigger. Serves. Yes. Well, John was a little easier. Carl was obviously more dramatic. He was also John a much was better not player. easier. John was, was a complete... To the fans, he was not a nice no, person. No, he was terrible. But to the organization, he seemed to toe the company line better than Carl did. So I get why fans who have this like loyalty to and the team. And Carl just wanted that. to be loved. It's really similar to the dynamic now. Everybody loves Donovan. You're in this, this arena every night. The 4-5 vastly outnumbers the old 2-7. Correct. But I do and think Rudy people... And Rudy wants nothing but love. Donovan's probably that the, the, the John side. But I, do, I think it's the opposite. I think more people view uh, Rudy as the John Stockton type, who's kind of the quiet staple, who's all about the team, and Donovan Mitchell is more the Carl Malone type. And it's you're right, it's a total projection because Donovan Mitchell has never done anything... To show that he's never said it himself, an ESPN report came out that said, "Yes, some of the GMs across the league might think eventually that it's a problem, but Donovan's never said it. We asked him about it. He didn't f- add fuel to the fire. Now he didn't say no. That's certainly not the case. But also, he just said you bring this up when we're losing. He didn't, you know, douse the fire, but he certainly didn't put gasoline on it. So there is this just weird tribalism. And I think you're right. We get this projection of Donovan Mitchell as this kind of naive kid when he comes into Salt Lake City, which is how every college player is when you talk to them." He still felt like an amateur athlete when he got to Salt Lake, and jazz fans said, that's who he has to be for the rest of his career, and they didn't want him to grow out of it. And here's the thing, Rudy Gobert is actually pretty similar to who he was when he came in. He's always been a little standoffish. He's always been a little bit difficult. Now, once you get to know him a little bit, and I don't mean get to know him, I mean, even as jazz fans have, where you've heard him talk, you've seen the ups and downs, you've gone with him missing the All-Star game, to getting there, the breakthroughs, the Defensive Player of the Year awards, the growth, you can say, oh, look at all this, look at how much he's changed. The truth is he hasn't actually changed, I think, as much as Donovan has, but that doesn't mean Donovan Mitchell's doing anything wrong. Agreed. I was trying to think there who in my career have I seen make the biggest change as a person because now I've been around for a while. You know, I used to not be able to have that opinion. It might have been honestly, the answer might be Derek Favors. And he really changed for like a like came out of his shell, if that makes any sense. Yes. Like I felt like and again, I, I know nothing about the personal life of Derek Favors other than, you know. Some things you hear around the water cooler, right? But it seemed to me from talking to him that he really like blossomed as a person. Just like the sweetest person. Right. Just like the sweetest guy. To the point where like Quinn Snyder says, like, yeah, we hang out. Like they have dinner together. I mean, and really embraced where yeah. he was and, it's and funny. his situation. Okay, so here's and, and one of the things we've talked about, Jake, is money doesn't change you. It just amplifies everything that you are. It doesn't rewire you. It just blows everything you have. It puts everything you have under a magnifying lens. Like, Gordon Hayward, I promise you didn't change. 
I, there were jazz fans when you were saying that said Gordon Hayward changed more than anyone. He went from oh, being no. like the sweet kid when he got to Salt Lake to the jerk who left for Boston. Yeah, no, guys, he was always that way. Yeah. I promise you, he was always standoffish. He was never that likable. Ever. Being in the locker room, Gordon Hayward was never a likable guy. He just, the Jazz really, really painted him well. Yeah. They really painted him well. They really made him look very, very good. He was never that great of a guy. And I don't mean he's a bad guy, but he wasn't this, like, community personality. And he didn't want to be, but he wasn't this community personality that the Jazz painted him as, which is so funny because it's exactly what Donovan Mitchell is. He is this community guy. He is giving away shoes, signing shoes, talking to people, yeah, it's important going to, to the hospital, going to high school games, donating $12 million when he didn't have $12 million to these schools. He's like an amazing person. And it is funny that jazz fans are like, nah, he's different than I thought. He's got, I don't like his attitude. <laughs> John, like John Stockton, little kids would go up to him and say, John, yeah. will you, will you uh, say, I've got a pen for you here will you autograph this piece of paper and he'd say you know what kid i'll tell you where you can stick that pen yeah stop right. bothering me yet everybody yeah. loved that guy oh and by the way rudy gobert's awesome too yeah. rudy gobert signing autographs does well, rudy's, whole rudy's rudy kids, kids foundation yeah, is like yeah. legitimately awesome right it's legitimately like awesome awesome they do a ton of work he does stuff behind the scenes nobody sees like it, those guys are good guys so it's really funny right now that for whatever reason yeah. the Jazz have lost five games over the last two weeks and fans are like well no, I've got a pick it's a line in the sand don't say I can't believe this happens it happens all oh, the time correct. it does it's, it's the nature of sports fandom yes it's part of the fun part of it unfortunately right. the drama is part of the fun it's, but it's drama well and, and part of the sports is the imagination you imagine what these, you know, I, I always laugh uh, because in the eyes of jazz fans, the narrative, if you will, out there, not just jazz fans, media too, the jazz have had the healthiest, best locker room in the history of the NBA for the last 20 years. And everybody loves each other, and boy, they just play well together, and they just uh, they spend every waking moment together. And the truth is, there's been some locker rooms in there that probably weren't all that healthy, but yet we imagine. Correct. Because if you were there, Ben, you'd just be happy to be there and right. love everybody and right. play together and right. pass and pick and do all that stuff. But that's not the case. Yeah. And look, there is a culture that culminates that here in Utah because there is a fan base that loves the team so much and, and supports the yes. team through and through. They're the only game in town. The only game in town. So there is some of that that is, I think, spot on and is accurate where it's like, you know what, there, there's, there is some harmony that exists in the Jazz locker room because there is a constant backing that doesn't even really allow for people to fight for the me or you or me. You know what I mean? Like, because their belief in the team is so high, it's almost hard to break through that as the individual singular person. And because the Jazz franchise has been so stable for the most part, where the front office has been good, the coaches have been good for the most part, it doesn't really allow for a ton of that, but it's never been perfect. Well, it's also the second biggest marketing platform in the state. It's the second most recognizable yes. thing yes. about the state of Utah. No question. I mean, you can't say that about uh, many other sports fran- franchises. I would you certainly think. can't say it about any other NBA teams. Like there's yeah. a couple. Of, you can say it about a few NFL teams, probably. You really can't say it about NBA. What teams. is the most well-known thing about California? The Lakers are probably down a ways. Yeah, right. Even the Lakers are down a ways. Right now, Where, if you get to Minnesota, the Vikings are probably up there. You know, the Vikings are going to be pretty high. Yeah, yeah. But, but nobody's talking about the the Timberwolves. Like nobody cares no. about the Timberwolves uh-uh. there. That's not what draws. What would you what would you put higher in Minneapolis? The the Vikings or the big mall? Yeah, right, the Mall of America. That's what's crazy though. 
Like it's the horrible, stupid mall that exists right. there. But yeah, it's in the running. <laughs> no, it is. For no, sure. You're hundred percent right. And for the Utah, it's like, oh yeah, the Jazz. Like you and I both drove. Yeah, it's the church vehicles. and the Jazz. Yeah, you and I both drove vehicles for hotels. So we dealt with a lot of tourists that were coming in or people traveling in on business. And the thing everyone knew was, where's the temple and where do the Jazz play? I got those two questions every ride more than everything. Every ride. Yeah. Which is great. Another thing about sports, everybody identifies with it. It's really yep. a terrific thing about it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying. Well, crunch that, Ben. Is there any other NBA franchise? Certainly, that is in the top couple of most recognizable thing marketing platforms in the entire state. In the estate is really state. tough. Yeah, because like Sacramento, it's like it's got okay, the Kings, the Kings. But yeah, it's not. And the, but the, the movie Lady Bird. But yeah, it's like Sacramento's not a thing. Like right. yeah, it's a tiny little. I know it's the capital, but it's like a nothing town. But the state, the state, the Kings are 80th. Maybe maybe even further down yeah, the old list. Right. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. More Jacob Ben next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Visit. It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan. This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell. your Jazz at 30 update here on Jacob Ben. Here's Rudy Gobert on the team's communication and avoiding mistakes. I think of communication can be a lot better, even on a back-to-back, even when we're a little tired. It doesn't take much energy to talk, and we need to keep getting better at that and make it a habit. There's always going to be a few bad stretches. We're all going to make mistakes at some point, but let's make sure that when that happens, we're able to quickly react and make sure it doesn't happen twice in a row. And tonight, I think we got a stretch when we all kind of made a mistake one by one, you know, one after the other, and then they were able to get back in the game during that stretch. So just got to keep getting better at communicating, and we'll be all right. This update is brought to you by Five Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with a five-star experience with Five Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. FiveStarPainting.com. That's FiveStarPainting.com. Who's got it better than us? No! Sports coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 975-1280 the zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around in the rumpus and ruck. It's so comfortable now. Been a hell of a ride. But Jake and Ben. Again, it's time to grow. 97.5 and uh, 12.80 The Zone. Jake. Yes. We're having an interesting conversation about the jazz being synonymous with Utah. Right. And why that probably makes it hard to be selfish in the jazz locker room. Because the team is always so big and always has the support of the fan base. Maybe over individual players, even though there is, as we talked about, tribalism as jazz fans are for some reason. Through absolutely no force of their own. Or the two players, I think, in the locker room, though, I think you could probably point to some examples of it. But the idea that you need to be either Team Donovan or Team Rudy Gobert, I don't feel like that's how the locker room feels at all. So it's funny that Jazz fans would feel that way. So we're talking about teams that are synonymous with their state and that could possibly do be more so than the Jazz, at least NBA teams. But that brings up a secondary question, which is, as the big fear has always been for Jazz fans, and it's kind of always been the argument, and, and it's, it's rung true, 
is a lot of guys don't feel like they can be famous enough in Utah. It's not a big market enough. Do you think it's not a big market enough, or do you think it's that they don't ever feel like they can transcend the team the way players transcend teams in other markets because the Jazz are so synonymous with the state that it doesn't become X person is the market, that X player is the market. The team is always going to be bigger than the player. I think it's a different kind of famous. I don't think, you know, <laughs> let me put it this way. Uh, the the You're not going on Jimmy Kimmel if you play for the Jazz. Correct. But if you play for the Clippers, even though they're not, they're an afterthought in the L.A. community, let alone the L.A. sports community, you're probably going on twice a week. Rick Majerus famously treated the the media in Utah, the the local media, mm, not well. Less than great. But if uh, Clark Kellogg walked into the room, it was... Yes. Hey, this and this and that. What can I do for you? Studio show? Sure, whatever. You know? Because it's a different type of... Famous in Donovan's sure. in Donovan's case, I think it comes down to marketability, which all comes down to money. But I don't want to paint that in a bad way. He's out there trying to maximize, make sure. a living. Sure, he's following the Michael Jordan route. Right, you know, I'm gonna go out there and make hay while the sun shines. He wants to be able to market his shoe, and even then, like which you can't do here, as easily. Sure, certainly, you, you maybe can't do it as well. even at all, right? Because nobody's ever gonna like the Jazz. I mean, it even goes back to the All-Star selection last year with LeBron talking to Kevin Durant about how Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert got picked last. And that's a slight, again, like you kind of always have the rug pulled out from under you. It doesn't matter that you're the best players on the best team in the NBA at the time. Rudy Gobert was headed for his third Defensive Player of the Year award, and they pick you last, even though you're having these fantastic seasons. And they say, well, we didn't play video games with the Jazz growing up. Right. I mean, why does Rudy get dragged all the time? Because Rudy's easy to drag. Because yeah. they're not going to get any pushback. Yeah. Because they're not that type of team. Right. And I don't even think... This is funny. I wrote, that, I wrote about this yesterday. And you were, we talked about it a little bit on the show. And you can find it at kslsports.com. We were talking about the Twitter feed stat muse which is a website, statmuse.com. You can go in and you can like type in questions. It'd be like, which NBA player has suffered the most losses in their career? And it's, it's this type of technology. It's artificial intelligence. And it can actually find it for you based on a question you ask. It's like, it's like the sports version of Ask Jeeves. Like you ask it a question and it gives you relatively accurate uh, results on what it is. But they also, they've gotten really popular on Twitter by sending out kind of the animated drawings or images of, of players with the stats that go with them. And it's a pretty simple formula. Rudy Gobert is averaging, you know, 17 points a game and two blocks and 15 rebounds, and he'll be the first player since Dennis Rodman to do that or whatever. Like, they'll send out tweets like that. But they will start to editorialize a little bit on nights like the Jazz losing to the Lakers after Rudy gets dunked on or the Jazz lose against the small ball lineup or, you know, Rudy Gobert doesn't play well, even though that's not really true about what happened against a, against a, a team that's not playing a center. And then they start taking these liberties that are no longer, hey, this is a stat. They are editorializing. They are adding opinion to what they're doing. And I just kind of wrote about that, that, hey, Rudy Gobert continues to get dragged specifically by this website, which presents itself as neutral because it's a stats website. Like basketballreference.com, neutral. Isn't rooting it's in the games. It's just numbers. Yeah. It's not adding any like, well, 17 points per game. Look at how bad that is compared to Joel Embiid or whatever. 
But StatMuse started doing that. And I honestly almost wonder, because I pointed it out and they responded because they got mad that I pointed it out. Uh, they were like, we're, we're not doing that. We're sending out positive tweets about Gobert too. And you look back and they don't. There is like this weird... And I don't know if it's just because it gets clicks because Rudy's easy to hate on nationally because clearly he is. Players do it. Fans do it. The Everybody does it. Everyone does it. I almost wonder if it's to the point where people don't even recognize how often they do it, how often they run a guy down, or that they only consistently run him down. They, and when they do editorialize, they don't ever like kind of prop up how, how well he plays because his numbers do so often speak for themselves. It's, it's just a weird dynamic you, of being in Utah. And you wonder why Rudy has a chip on his shoulder. Correct. But I do think that's that might be constantly Utah, is that it's kind of an easy place to punch down to. Absolutely. is. It's reason why Rudy's a great fit here, yeah. because that really motivates him. If he were in a market where he were actually appreciated, I mean, the, the world is waiting to fall in love yeah. with the next halfway yeah. decent Knicks player. And it's funny, the reason people hate on Utah is kind of for a good reason. It's because it's an easy place to live. Like, it's got a low unemployment rate. It's got a pretty high education level. Like, for the most part, things run relatively well. You can pick things apart, like every state. You can pick things apart. But it's not like, oh, man, Utah's had a really rough run for a while. It's like, oh, well, things work out okay for the most part. So they can take a beating from the outside because it's it's not really punching down when you're punching to Utah. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever heard – this is – I think a good example of what we're talking about. You ever heard somebody spin the people are really nice here into a negative? I used to hear Correct. it. Speaking of the hotel, yes. I used to hear it all the time. Yes. It's like, wait, wait, wait. You're, you're, you're criticizing the fact that people here are really nice. Yes. People are well, so people nice here. People here are so nice here. It's just way too nice here. It's okay, like, so but like, that's exactly what it's, it's like. like how, do you, how do you criticize that? That's people my here are really nice. argument, though. I think the jazz fans are having this weird feeling where they feel like they're turning on Donovan Mitchell. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know what's going on. Like he always says the right things. We talked about it on Sunday or on yeah, on on Tuesday show, yesterday yeah. show about how he handled Rudy Gobert's comments on Friday when he responded to them on Saturday. Like he said the right things. He handled it the right way. Terrifically. And people were still like I don't trust him. <laughs> Wiley like a fox. <laughs> I don't get it. I I I don't understand that and look i promise you it exists in the media like it exists behind the scenes too there are people who are like i just don't quite trust it it's like he's done it for five years and even then he's put his money where his mouth is as has rudy gobert like these guys have lived it in addition to speaking like that and that's not to say that like i'm pretending to know them super well but what evidence have they given you to the contrary, that they are kind of like these nice people that you can root for both of them at but the same time. It's, it's why it's why this stuff with Donovan and the, the GMs around the league, it's why it will always come up, because I'm sure his shoe sales aren't great. Probably, yeah. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it's pretty amazing that he has his own shoe from Adidas, and that's all incredible. But you know what? His shoe sales probably aren't great. Not as high as they were if he were in New York or Los Angeles or wherever. A lot of different places. Yeah. Where where the the team is automatically not disliked, correct. And John and Carl just didn't care. They were the most hated team in the league, and yes. they just didn't care. Right. And Carl did get his money. Carl always ended up getting his right. money from Larry. But Carl and was dying reason, for a shoe deal and never got it. Yes. And for whatever reason, John just wasn't wired exclusively about the money. Nope. For whatever reason, didn't care. Didn't care. I mean, wanted the money, but certainly didn't care. Right. Certainly yeah. didn't care about making commercials. Right. <laughs> Wanted less of that if possible. Right. All right. Well, 
it's you know it's the reason why it's easy to root for the Jazz. I'm sure because everybody else is rooting against them, and the Jazz have had way more success over the years than correct. They probably deserve right. Yeah. Stay tuned. More next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Get a sense of urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Nothing feels Another jazz player not going to play tonight. Rudy Gay out. He's got some heel soreness. They should still beat the Rockets, Ben. Okay, let's talk about that. At what point are you missing too many players for you to feel confident? Because the Jazz right now are missing three of their top nine players. You don't have Donovan Mitchell, who's your number one or number two player, however you want to look at it. Uh, You're missing Hassan Whiteside, who's your top backup center, and you're missing... Uh, Rudy Gay, who's your like third big right now. So you're missing a significant amount of your team. But who are they missing? This is why my take about Donovan Mitchell rooting against his team is totally unfair. Because it's who's not playing and who's more replaceable. Rudy Gobert is not replaceable on this roster, period. That's been a fact for a long time. Correct. Donovan Mitchell is the Jazz' best offensive player on a team full of good offensive players. Really good players. offensive players, yeah. So... It's it's really, and I was saying it tongue in cheek earlier in the show for the most part. But um, you know, is Mike Conley still playing? Is Jordan Clarkson still playing? Well, there's two guys that can really help out, and Bogdanovich, three guys, yeah, that can really help out with the offensive production that they're going to be missing from Donovan Mitchell. By the way, that's not a credit to Rudy Gobert. That's a little bit of an issue with how the team's built. That's how, oh, great point. I'm, you know what? I'm glad. I'm really glad you I, said that. Because I do think people look like, well, that means Donovan Mitchell's replaceable. Well, like, yeah, because the Jazz have spent $100 million getting other offensive players to make life easier for Donovan Mitchell. That, you know, that doesn't mean Rudy Gobert is this unicorn and there's not any other good defensive players in the NBA. There's a lot of really good defensive players in the NBA. The Jazz didn't give them any money. The Jazz didn't pay a single one of them to come here and play right. in Utah. In fact, the guy that they're paying to be the good defensive player, Royce O'Neal, they accidentally found. Accidentally, he ended up on the Jazz. and They're like, well, he could actually play a little bit of defense, too. So we're going to call him the defensive guy. And if you watch him, he's not the defensive guy. But they call him the defensive guy. So that's that's not... A knock on Donovan Mitchell at all, but that the Jazz have other players that can fill in on him. It's yeah. not like the lack of skill from Donovan Mitchell. It's just how the Jazz how spend their the money. team is constructed. Yeah, which is bad. Why did they get smoked by Cleveland? Because they didn't yeah. have a big guy. It wasn't just that they were missing Rudy; is they yeah. didn't have anybody taller than six eight on the roster. So it's who you're missing, and and again, you know, people are with it. Are you saying Donovan Mitchell is replaceable? Not really. No, but more replaceable on this particular roster. Than Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and again, it's 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 a little callous to talk this way. It's a little insensitive because we are talking about people. But really, sometimes when you're talking about are, is this person replaceable, we're talking about are their skill sets replaceable, are, are what they bring to yeah. the table. No, we're talking roster construction. Yes, we're yeah. we're talking numbers. Yeah, you know, it's the money ball scene where it says you need to get on base. Like, yeah, you need to be able to score the ball. The Jazz have a bunch of guys who can score the ball. Right. So, no Rudy Gay, however, tonight. No so Hassan Whiteside either. So, the Jazz will be a little bit uh, smallish. It's another opportunity for Eric Paschal to come out and, uh, and show whether good. or not he can play. Now, Jazz fans were really mad that Quinn Snyder didn't get more minutes against 
the Lakers in that loss. Now, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. He got four minutes. He was minus seven. He didn't score. He didn't grab a rebound. He didn't get a steal. He didn't get a block. He didn't have an assist in four minutes on the floor. I mean, he didn't impact the game in any ways. Now, at the same point, he was on a particularly rough stretch where Jordan Clarkson was dominating the ball and wasn't moving it, and that didn't really give Eric Paschal an opportunity to do his thing. Tonight, without Rudy Gay, without Hassan Whiteside, he should get more opportunities to prove that he can be in a rotation. And it's fun to watch. I think he should be in the rotation. But I, I, the minutes argument is kind of a funny one. Because like Jordan Clarkson, I think the fact that you don't play him a ton of minutes actually allows him to be better. Like, you don't want to play Jordan Clarkson 35 oh, minutes. Oh, I've said it. Jordan Clarkson, after 25 minutes, watch him. Yeah. You play him in 25 minutes, you're about perfect. Yeah. After 25 minutes, because he plays so hard and runs with such a motor and is so herky-jerky and burns so much energy all the time, he is awful after 25 minutes. Well, and he has a high usage. Yeah. You, you only want to play somebody who plays like Jordan for Correct. X amount of minutes because it's probably not, is not what is going to win you championship. That's why he's perfect for the bench role. Perfect. It's like Sweet Lou Williams. You want him to play? Yeah. 20, 25 minutes and right. be electric yeah. that whole time. I think Pascal might be a 10 to 15 guy. 100%. Where he just comes in and he's a big old bowling ball Busts and he plays for 10 minutes. Yeah, plays physical. He defends the other team's best yep. player for a while and makes life difficult for them because he's so big and he's so hard to move. I agree with you. Make, make like LeBron, for example, make LeBron push around Pascal for 10 minutes. And maybe this is ignorant and this is anti analytics and, and I understand that. And it still comes down to why I like the feel of coaching sometimes over just the raw analytics over and over and over. But like, I, I like that Jordan Clarkson's analytics aren't perfect, but there is some feel to that idea that like it's good to have a guy who can carry that big of a load for 20 minutes a night. Even if the analytics aren't perfect. Like, I get it that Joe Ingles has better numbers, better plus minus. I get it. And all that translates to winning. I still feel like there is something about Jordan Clarkson in that role that helps you win games. Absolutely. Even if every analytic doesn't point to that being the case. Don't care. He yeah. helps you win yeah, games. I, I really in firmly that believe role. he helps you win games. You know what I'd do if I was Frank Vogel in the Lakers? I'd put Russell Westbrook in that role. The problem is they're, play, they're paying Russell way too much. And to, his, he's not there mentally. So, Carmelo wasn't there mentally for right. a long time Well, either. he had to be out of the league for, yeah. what, a year and a half or whatever it was. Yeah. But listen, Russell, you can go dominate the ball and do your thing. We're giving you 20 minutes to do it. Yeah. Have at it. Right. And it's not going to be in the fourth quarter either, or at least at the end of the game. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Jordan Clarkson's not on the floor at the end of the game. No. Jordan Clarkson comes out with four minutes to go and doesn't get to touch the ball anymore. And the reason Jordan Clarkson's smart, because he's perfect for it and he's embraced it. And he loves it. And yeah, you know what? I bet you he wishes he was getting the final shot. Of course he does. Of course he wishes he was on the floor as the go-to guy with the spotlight on him with the game on the line. But he's embraced that he's not. But this gets back to our 99% of the league doesn't like their role. 100%. There's not even one player per team that likes their role. Most of the league, the right. vast majority, right. don't like their role in some way, shape, or form. I'd argue anybody not named Luka Doncic probably doesn't like their role. In some way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, and even then, Luca might. Yeah, you know, everyone will nitpick. Everyone will find yeah. something. Donovan Mitchell has a great role. May prefer to have it but, in Miami. But here's, <laughs> you know, like there's always something you could improve. See, here's here's my thing. I latch on to talented writers and I try to make them look better. That's what I do. That's my thing. That's my role. Oh, I hope you know some. <laughs> That's my role, Jay and I'm Drew, fine with it. National would, writer. Would of the I? Year. Would I like to be? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I can't even think of a. A funny radio person to combine, uh, compare myself to. Would, would I like to be Rush da- Limbaugh? Would I like to be David James? Sure. Oh, you're sure. Rush, but Rush that's Limbaugh. Howard Stern. 
do you, who is your guy who's like, I'm not asking like, do you listen to Rush Limbaugh? I'm not trying to say anything like that. Like, do you have a guy who's like, that's the greatest radio person of all time? Well, the answer is probably one of those two people that yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. It's probably Rush. Rush was so good at radio. I don't think he's, people understand yeah. he's how a skilled good, radio right. he's at executing radio. And it's probably the reason that the people that hated Rush really hated him. Yeah, people hated Howard was, too. Yeah, do hate Howard, and he's in, in a excellent way. at radio. Yeah. Really, really good at I like radio. The skill of radio, which right. is a thing we don't talk about a whole well, lot. Well, now you can compare it to podcasting too. I mean, you're more sure. into the podcasting world. There's probably names out there that are just really incredible at it. Yeah, people are and, talented podcasters and communicators Joe Rogan, and all that stuff. People People hate him, understandably. He's talented at what he does. Well, what, of course, is that Howard Stern, the, the famous line in the movie, is uh, is the people that like him listen for 15 minutes. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, what about the people that don't? They listen for 20. Yeah. Because radio isn't be about being liked necessarily or agreed with. A lot of people don't understand this about the job. It's not being – there are a lot of radio personalities out there that like to be right about everything and yeah. then spike the ball. The you know, and then yeah. like, hey, I was right. You know, and I'm guilty of it sometimes too. Yeah. But that's not why people listen. Oh, why does Kendrick Perkins still have a job on ESPN? It's not because he's right all the time. Charles Barkley. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> he's never – he's rarely right. But he's got an opinion, and he's a really, really effective communicator, and he's really good at television. Charles Barkley might be better as a television personality than he was as a basketball player, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yes. I mean, he's just amazing at that. He honestly might be better, which is crazy. He might be better at TV than he was at basketball. That's what I just said. Yeah. Yeah, like (laughs) I mean, that is crazy to say that out loud. That is crazy to think that. Because he was so good at basketball. He's a top 20 player all time on the hardwood. But he might be the best basketball analyst of all time from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, you know right. what? My, right. You know what my favorite radio gimmick is? Actually, my least favorite because I can't listen to it. But is the NPR tone of voice yeah. and pace. Yeah. They don't talk like that in their real life. No, of course not. It's a it's a gimmick. It's the it's to soothe the listener Correct. to ingest Correct. their news in a pleasing manner. Because they all sound like that. They, they didn't all do. find fifty people that sound like that. They told people to talk that way. Yes. And I can't listen to NPR because of it. But I can't. Vice versa. Some people can't listen to sports radio because of the way we talk. Yep. One hundred percent. Screaming A. I've met Stephen A. Smith in person. Let me tell you how he's not ranting and raving yeah. and waving his arms all over the place. Right. Somebody give me a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Jacob Ed next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.